What's up, guys? This is Drew Parker, and you're listening to the Freight Train Podcast. episode 29 of the freight train podcast i'm sitting here with my new friend drew parker how you doing buddy i'm good man how are you i'm doing great traffic sucked ass getting yeah. over here but um we got here i got here a lot earlier than honestly i thought i would yeah we got man it was pouring down rain on us on our way over here oh yeah y'all got yeah, caught in we the, got caught in that man it was dude. terrible <laughs> yeah, it got really rough for a minute. Yeah, it did. Some I was at work, but somebody it said it hailed for a little bit. I wouldn't doubt it, man. It was pouring. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> well, anyway, we are sitting here at the uh, the basically brand new signal here in Chattanooga, Ten- Chattanooga Tennessee. Um, this is a really cool venue. It's great, man. It's they they did a great job with it. Everybody here is super nice. I'm excited to play. I think they just opened in February. Yeah. So February, yeah, you're right. Um brand new. It's it's very nice. So awesome, awesome. And tonight you are opening for uh the Texas artist Aaron Watson. Yes, sir, Aaron Watson. I've been a big fan of him for a while, man. Yeah. Um I love country music, so yeah. Um I love what he does and he's a he's a super nice guy. Yeah. Super nice guy. Oh, so, so you've gotten to meet him? I have not, but I have I've heard through oh, okay. so many people that he's a super nice guy. His his um his whole crew is from what I've met all the ones that I've met, they're they're really nice, man. Awesome. Really nice. So that says a lot about him to have really nice guys out on the road with him. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So. And you'll be with him all weekend. I will. Uh Chattanooga tonight, uh Greenville. Saturday night and or Friday night and Charlotte, North Carolina, Saturday night. That's a hell of a so, run. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. This is my first full band run, um, since I moved to Nashville. Really? It is. So, well, that actually brings me into my next thing, and we're gonna we're gonna jump ahead a little bit. But so I was gonna ask um, if you had had the full band when you were out with Luke. I did not. So okay, uh, when I was out on the road with Luke. It was just me and my guitar, um, and I would play about 30 minutes, and then it was Ashley McBride with her full band, and then Luke played. So okay. it was just me and my acoustic guitar. I um, got to ride on Luke's bus for the two months that I was out on the road, so it was really good. He treated me great, man. I I told him I'd never be able to thank him <laughs> enough and repay him uh, what he did for me, so it's been great. That had to be an amazing situation as a new artist. It was, man. So, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the whole rundown on a lot of that, man. So, I moved to Nashville almost, um, it'll be three years in September um, that I moved to Nashville. And me and Luke wrote our first song together before I ever moved to Nashville. And I wasn't even living here, but we wrote a song together. Um, it's It's a whole weird story. So, I had started writing a song with a guy. And that guy was writing with Luke, and he called me, and he, he was like, hey, can I finish this idea with Luke? And I was like, yeah, man, that's cool. So then me and Luke played at the brew house in Rome. Um, I opened up the show, and when I met him, I was like, hey, man, I know you don't know me, but we've actually written a song together. Shout out Jay Shell. I know you listen sometimes. <laughs> so we had actually written a song together, and um, 
So we hit it off, and I was back and forth to Nashville from um, my hometown of Covington, Georgia, okay. for about six months. And then um, started writing with Luke a, a, a little bit. And uh, before I ever moved to Nashville, we wrote uh, what happened to be my first cut as a songwriter, which is Lonely One on his This One's For You record. And um, so anyway, we, we became buddies. Hell of a cut. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean – it, I know it don't happen like that, but I've, I've been blessed, man, very, very fortunate. So um, so that was like, I want to say August, and I moved in September. And then February, the February of the next year, Luke asked me to go out as support for him then, just me and my guitar. So that was two years ago. We were playing the gym, Blue Water and Valdosta, okay. all those, you know, South Georgia venues, smaller clubs. Um Love love playing those places, and um, Zydeco and Birmingham, all those great places. And then fast forward two years, man, he's got record out. He's got two number ones, and I'm opening up for him again, acoustic guitar and me, and we went from playing those smaller clubs to, I mean, we played in 5,000-seat arenas, man. And I'm like, holy cow, in two years – I've seen, and it it's nothing to do with me. It's all him. And just to see him grow like that in two years, it's just, it's crazy. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. It is crazy. Um, when I first started this little endeavor, this the podcast actually started out as a YouTube channel, strangely okay. enough. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm horrible at editing, so it, <laughs> it didn't go well. Sounds yeah. like me. Crazy enough, my first two interviews were Luke Combs and Muscadine Bloodline. Um <laughs> But, yeah, nobody will ever see those. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I remember Luke open, or playing uh, at a small place in uh, Columbus, Georgia. Yep. And then, like you said, now fast forward and it's – It's crazy, man. He's but, on the ACMs. Yep. And but, I mean, it's been great. He was great to me. And um, we were friends first, man, before anything. And um, we enjoy the same music. We love writing from the heart and um, just making real music. And uh, – it's been great. He's been good to me, man. Well, that's so. cool. Well, you said something interesting, writing from the heart and making real music. And I think that that, that there's starting – I mean, this is from an outsider's perspective because I don't live in Nashville, okay. and I get to vicariously live through these interviews, right? Yeah. But it seems to me that that the culture is shifting a little bit, yeah. if, if not a lot, uh, as far as the – content of the music maybe okay and the yeah. way that it's um not saying that the stuff that was written uh before wasn't real or that people didn't live that right but it seems now that the stuff coming out is more genuine feeling yeah um i can i mean i can totally i can totally understand what you're saying um i mean for me, I, I grew up on 90s country music. A lot of, I mean, you hear a lot of people, they listen to rock and all sorts of music, which is awesome. I just wasn't that guy. I listened to 90s country music, and that's all I listened to growing up as a kid. Um, other than, you know, like Willie Nelson. And I am the biggest Keith Whitley fan on Face of the Earth. And Love I, it. I think all my fans probably know that by now. Um, I'm a huge Keith Whitley fan. And, but I mean, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, and I, I love all country music. I love everything that's going on right now. 
And I love how one minute you can be listening to um, what's maybe a little more pop country, and then you got Luke Combs on the radio, John Party. But I love it all, man. But I just, for me as an artist, I tend to follow, I guess, what would be considered more traditional. Um, but I write all kinds of country music, you know. Um, as long as it's just honest and real, it, I don't, I don't, that's all I care about, man. Just, yeah. just as long as it's honest and real, that's, that's what matters to me, man. I, I, man, I really like the way you put that because, you know, the thing is we did grow up in the nineties mm-hmm. and there were a lot of different influences coming at you. Yeah. Right. So you heard the rap, you heard the rock, yeah. you heard the pop, you also heard the country. Yeah. And, you know, if anybody, <laughs> if there's anybody out there, you know, that says that they only listen to traditional country music in their entire life, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're flat out lying. Yeah. And on top of that, if they don't like any of the other stuff, yeah. you know, I, I would tend to believe that's a lie also, yeah. but we'll leave that for another thing. So yeah, <laughs> I, you know, it, uh, the, the music coming out, like you said, I, I like that because you, you tend to stay toward the traditional side, but I do. That's just, all you kind know, of stuff. right. That's just where my, that's where my roots fall into. That's what my voice lends itself to. And that's what I truly enjoy. Um, huge Brooks and Dunn fan. Um, I'm actually doing a Brooks and Dunn cover tonight at the show. Awesome. Um, Can't wait. So, but I just love, I have a very twangy voice. I grew up in Georgia, man. I can't fake this accent at all. I couldn't get rid of it if I wanted to. Yes, go dogs. Um, But, no, I I enjoy every bit of it, man. I I write with guys who who write pop stuff, um, and I write with guys who write traditional country, and I enjoy both equal, man, because I write with – um, real honest people, and that's all that matters for me, man. As long, I mean, as long as we're writing from the heart and what's honest, and you know, that's all you can ask for, man. We're all in this thing, to, in this thing together, and it's for the purpose of making good music, whatever um, good music is to you. you yeah, know? I like that, man. So. You should write a book. <laughs> I should write a book, <laughs> <laughs> man. My attention span ain't is too short to write a book, man. Um. This is this is a total. It's about songwriting, but it's kind of random at the same time. So talking to the different people that I get to talk to with this podcast, I've I've heard some things lately that I guess I just really don't understand. So I, I hear now that it's kind of a popular thing for or as you're writing, you're in the writing room, you're in the session. Yeah. Sometimes people will actually start. I don't know if tracking is the right word, but okay. they'll start yeah. sampling and yep. making as you're yeah, there's, writing. There's some writers in town who, um, I don't, honestly, I've, I haven't been in town in long, long enough to know what the actual term is. There's an actual term that I, I don't know. I've heard it before. But for the lack of a better term, there's track guys in town um, who – They'll sit there and they'll write with you, and and they'll also create like a track to write to write to as you go along. Um, and I um, there's a there's a guy that I like to write with a lot. There's actually a few track guys that I like to write with. Um, uh, Matt McGinn being one. He wrote "What Ifs" for Kane Brown, and um, 
that was his first number one as a songwriter. I write with another guy named Aaron S. Heiss and uh, another guy named Arcadi Yellman. I wrote If It Don't Help off the EP with Arcadi. Okay. Um, but for lack of a better term, track guys. So there's some of those guys, and then there's some of us, like me, who have no idea in the world how to do that. And we just sit there on a guitar and play what little bit guitar I know. Yeah. And uh, so there, it, there's so many different styles of writing, man. It's it's awesome. And then and I enjoy that part of it. I enjoy yeah. that, you know, you never know some days what you're going to go in and, and come out with, you know. Yeah, because if so. you did the same thing every day, it'd just get right boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there would be no you know different music. Right. It's it's same. fun to it's fun to venture out, man. And and I've enjoyed the whole the whole process of, of writing. And what you know when I when I first moved to Nashville, man, I had written one song. And then when I when I got to Nashville and started writing with people and um, I started writing with Luke and started writing with Ray Fulcher. And um, those guys, and I found a whole new love for songwriting, and it was like, man, this is awesome. And um, I really fell in love with songwriting. I really did. And it was something that I didn't expect to happen when I moved to town. Really? Um, I didn't. I I had written one song. I I wrote Slow Down Small Town before I moved to Nashville. I wrote that song by myself. I love that track, man. Thanks, man. And... um, so I had written that one song, but I didn't I didn't know if I was a good songwriter, you know. I but when I got to Nashville and started co writing and I was like, Man, this is awesome and I just found a whole new love for songwriting that I didn't know that I had. So that was a really cool moment for my life and my career, um, was just finding the passion in that. So That's awesome. But, yeah, man. That's awesome. So let's back up a little bit. Let's do it. So you grow up in Covington, Georgia. Covington, Georgia. And that's that's a little north, right? Well, it's it's south of Atlanta, but I, I guess it would be considered. It's so funny, man, that you asked this because now I got to tell the story. <laughs> so Luke Combs, I, he knows I'm from Covington. He's like, he jokes at me. He's like, "Where's Covington at?" And then he'll go into this rant of like, "It's not North Georgia." And he instead of saying Georgia, he says Georgie. He said, it's not North Georgie, it ain't South Georgie, it ain't East Georgie, and it ain't West Georgie. He said, so where is it? And I was like, it's Covington, Georgia, you know? And so, like, I technically, it's south of Atlanta. It's it's kind of, if you put a point on the map between Macon, Atlanta, and Athens, it kind of falls in there somewhere. Okay. So, but, I hear you. yeah. That's funny, because living here in Chattanooga, I tell people I'm from Winder. And I go, well, it's just, it's right next to Athens. And everybody usually knows where Athens is. Right. And I'm like, and they're like, and I say, well, it's North Georgia. Because growing up, it is North Georgia. Yeah, it's it up is. 85. Right. But from here, it's hard to explain to people, well, I have to go to Atlanta and right. then back up. Right. There's so no it's road. Like, <laughs> where is, where, is, where the is the line that yeah. separates North Georgia and South Georgia? All the I, roads in Georgia are just fucked up. You can't yeah. tell them. Maybe Ma- maybe Macon or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So if it, if Macon is the line that separates North and South Georgia, then I'm North Georgia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I so. think that's a good way to put it, though. It's kind of like the Mason-Dixon line. Of there you go. There you go. We'll, we'll call it that. <laughs> and so from now on, if you're south of Macon, you're from South Georgia. And if you're north of Macon, you're from North Georgia. There you go. You heard it right here on the Freight Train Podcast, <laughs> folks. History has been made. You don't have to wonder anymore. No more. If you live in Georgia. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, All right. So, you're, you're growing up in Covington, Georgia. Did you always play music? 
Did so, you, was your family into it or what? So, no, man. Um, I grew up singing in church. And um, so a fun fact that not a lot of people know is I played gospel music for a long time, up until I was probably 18. Um, I wow. traveled to Southeast playing in churches. And then the economy crashed. And it was just, it it slowed down a lot. Um, and But I had this desire to play music. And so I started playing open mics around my hometown of Covington, and that led to getting gigs, and one thing led to another, um, and then I was just like, you know what, I want to do this for a living, so I set my goals and eventually moved to Nashville, but, um, so that's, that's a very quick rundown of, of how I ended up here, it all started at a young age, um, I loved music, and started singing in church, so. That's really cool. So yeah. is that where you learned to play guitar too? Was while you're singing in church? Or? Uh, yeah, sorta. I guess I didn't. I didn't really pick up guitar, man, until I was probably seventeen or eighteen. I mean, really? I got a okay. guitar at a young age, maybe fourteen or fifteen, but I didn't really. I, I I realized at probably seventeen or eighteen, like you're gonna have to learn to play <laughs> something to really to make this work. So that's kind of when I sat down and was like, okay, I'm gonna figure this out. So okay, and I'm not a great guitar player. So you're self-taught. I am. That I is am. cool. I mean, I am self-taught, but I don't know how to do that much. So, did you ever have one? Do you ever have one of those posters that you get from Walmart with all the all the, the cords, cords on it? Yes. Yes. I probably bought that thing ten times growing up as a kid, <laughs> and I don't know one fucking chord. Yeah, I totally get it, man. It's 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 hilarious. I take that so. back. I can play kumbaya, but I don't know what the chords are. <laughs> there you go. I just know where the fingers go. <laughs> Uh, no, that's awesome. Okay, so, so you, so you, you're starting in church, yep. right? You start singing. Yep. You eventually start playing guitar. Yep. You go out. You start playing around town and all that. Yep. So, coming from a gospel background, when you started playing these, what I assume restaurants, small yep. bars, yep. things of that nature, mm-hmm. um, where like, did you already know more contemporary stuff? Because I don't assume you were doing hymns in those. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, um, I knew some contemporary stuff. It was mainly like Keith Whitley and stuff Willie Nelson. Remember from the radio. Merle Haggard and Brooks and Dunn, Garth Brooks, Alan Jackson, all those 90s country stuff that I grew up on. Which, from what I know of Covington, was probably a huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, it just, it worked, man, and people people tend to like it, and my voice lended itself to do that stuff. Um, so I never really tried to do anything that I couldn't do or what was out of my comfort zone. So just kind of, if you'd come, if you'd come hear me play, you'd hear me do, uh, modern day Bonnie and Clyde by Travis Tritt go into long haired country boy by Charlie Daniels. So, okay. So you never threw some Shania in there? No, 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 uh, boots have your bed been on or who's bed? I got tongue tied. Who's bed have your boots been under? That is a damn tongue twister, isn't it? That is. Don't say that ten <laughs> times fast. Holy shit! Okay. So, so, <clears throat> so as you as you're playing, right? And I know you said you had the goal of moving to Nashville, but was there ever was there ever like a aha moment where you're like, like this this event happened, and it's like. Okay, there's no turning back. Like I have to go to Nashville because 
now I can see a future in this. You like, know, man, I I don't really know what that moment was for me. Um, I I realized it probably. Let's see, I'll be twenty seven in September, so I was twenty four when I moved. I just turned twenty four when I moved to Nashville, so probably around twenty two or twenty three. I was like, okay, Drew, if you don't move, like. I always said, okay, I'm going to move, I'm going to move, I'm going to move. And then I had a moment, and I'm like, Drew, if you don't get up and move, you're not going to move. It was like time's just ticking. And um, I had met a lot of people that I knew were living in Nashville, and, I, and you know, they were encouraging me to move. And um, actually, um, Luke was one of those people. He, he was like, man, you got to move. And so that was a, that was a moment for me because at that time I was driving back and forth for like six months before I officially moved and just meeting a lot of people and they were just encouraging me, you know, you, you need to, you need to move. So, um, I guess it was just realizing you don't have forever to move, you know? So that's it just, it was a time thing, I, I guess. I think that's cool. I've, I've heard that same kind of similar deal from a couple other people. Like yeah. the goal was to get to Nashville you're doing all this other stuff to, to prepare yourself to go. Right. And then, so, yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be some life-changing moment, right. you know, because that was just always the goal. Yeah. So that's cool, man. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. It's been great. Because I think some people, they're like almost like they sit around and wait Yeah. for something crazy special to happen. Like, you know, you're you're playing a small place, and they just wait for there to like be a line around the corner and right sell ten million right. tickets. Yeah, you know, yeah. and sometimes you don't need that. Yeah, so no, you that's don't. that's yeah. really cool. So. I, I've I've come to find out with with things in life across the board that when you have an idea or when you have um, you know a dream. Yeah, man, you just to like. <laughs> You literally are your own worst enemy. You are. You, you truly are, man. <laughs> you will give yourself every excuse. You know? Yeah, you do. And I mean, you know, if you have a dream, man, just and you, and you got your mindset to it, just do it, man. Like, you know, there's a lot of people ask. It's like, how, how did you do it? And I'm like, I honestly don't know how to answer that. Yeah. You know, I I moved to Nashville and and met people and just um, it's definitely a God thing for me, man. You know, just timing and you know what his what what his ultimate plan was for my life you know so it's just it's crazy man it's it's there's no answer to how did you do it or how do you do it or you know it's for me it's just if you got your mind set up if you got your mind made up to do it and you can't see yourself doing anything else you just gotta put your head down and just and just go right at it man so it's 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 that simple, yeah. But not that simple. Not, if you get what I'm saying, <laughs> I totally get it. It's not easy to do. I leaving your family and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but at the same time, you got to have a good support system and yeah. people that believe in you and that kind of thing. So that's cool. There are obviously lots of people that believe in you. Well, I hope so, and I'm very I'm very thankful for for all of for everyone who's who's had a hand in in my career so this far, man. Yeah, man. So. All right, so you get up to Nashville, right? These people have supported you, said, hey, you got to get up here. Yep. So now you're up here, yep. right? So what is your first move? Like, did you have to go get a job and you're doing stuff in the nighttime? Or? I'm, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought this up. So 
Another fun fact about Drew Parker. Um, can't believe I just talked in. It's cool, man. Um, uh, I am an x-ray tech. So if you broke your arm, went to the emergency room, you would come see me and I would ex- take an x-ray of it. Um, so I got a job in Nashville doing that three nights a week when I first moved to town. And um, I was doing that and just networking and writing songs, that kind of thing. And just to be able to pay my rent, you know, basically. Yeah. And so I did that. And then um, I, I guess for – I did that for a year. My timeline of me, me being in Nashville is, is weird in my head. I think I was there a year. I was in Nashville a year. And um, – or two years. Yes, two years. I was in Nashville two years doing that. Um, just grinding, working, and writing songs, and um, I was there two years, and I signed a pub deal, so that afforded me to be able to cut down to just doing one night a week at the hospital, so I I worked Monday nights at a hospital in Nashville, Um, still doing x-ray to this day, man, I mean, I worked worked there this past Monday, I worked worked there again Monday, this coming Monday night, (laughs) so it's just a grind, man, if you want it, you got to you got to do whatever it takes to, to make it happen. And so for anybody listening uh, that's new, uh, when he says a pub deal, what he means is he signed a deal to where, and he can correct me if I mess this up, but basically he enters into a contract to write so many songs a year, and then they give him what's called a draw, right? Or th- th- there's many different kind correct. of deals, but yep. basically you get paid writing so many songs a year yes and and in return with that is your publishing company that you write for is they pitch the songs that you write to other artists in in town um to try to get songs on their record and that kind of thing so it's it's a win-win for everybody you know and now i know you're with riverhouse now right i am my publishing is at riverhouse and warner chapel and warner chapel yeah so was that the first pub that deal was or? that's okay yep, that's that was my first pub deal that's amazing. Um, so, yeah, man, it's been great. It's it's, I love uh, Ray Fulcher writes over there. Um, um, Rob Williford, Rowdy Rob, shout out, um, writes over there, and Driver Williams writes over there. Okay. Um, it's been great, man. It's I love I love the team that we got over there, and just get to write real music. I write what I love, yeah. and, and they support it, and they love what I love what I write. Thank God somebody does, you know. So, but it's been good, man. It's been it's been a wild ride for sure. And now early on, Luke was a part of Riverhouse too, right? So his, not his publishing, but his record deal is. So Riverhouse is like a it's like a full course meal. It's you know, okay. It's publishing. It's a record label. It's a management company. So his record deal is through Riverhouse in a roundabout way. Okay. So, okay. So, but yeah, man. Cool. Well, and I, I wasn't trying to make that about Luke. I was just... No, 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 no. I know. I we know. We're talking about yeah. writing and stuff. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's been good, man. It's, it's got a good team over there. Well, cool. So so you signed your pub deal, and you're, you're writing. Now, you said that the the Lonely Ones cut, or the Lonely Ones song came before you even moved to Nashville, right? It did. I wrote it. We, we wrote that before I ever officially moved to Nashville, which is weird. So, so what is that process like? Because I'm, I'm familiar with getting a song on hold, 
Okay, yeah. Right, and then, you know, so anybody listening, sorry to have to explain all this, but so basically an, an artist or a writer can, well, first of all, they don't even have to technically, technically tell you that it's on hold, but yeah. you find out through the grapevine that, let's say, Keith Urban's going to put your song on hold. Yeah, meaning which, he wants to hold it, yeah. you know, and live with it a little bit, and then maybe eventually cut it. Cut it. So... So it goes from a hold to a cut, and then it can still get cut and not make a record too. Correct. Which is, that's possible. That's happened sometimes yeah. before, you know. Um, but Lonely One, um, I, I, me, Luke, and Aaron Ashley wrote that song before I ever moved to town. And I remember just randomly one day, I didn't know Luke was going to do anything with it, you know. He had put out that EP that he had. Um, and it was um, maybe... Early, it was early of the, the next year, so maybe early 2016, I guess it was. He was like, hey, man, going in the studio today, we're cutting the only one. And I'm like, what? No way, dude. And I was like just beside myself. It <laughs> was awesome. awesome news. Yeah, so, yeah, it was great. So, Because at that point, the buzz was building with Hurricane. It was. It was, it was starting to build with Hurricane. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was that, was, that was great news. And then to find out that, he had gotten a record deal and that Lonely Woman was going to be on his debut record. And um, so it's it's a gold record as of right now. It's amazing. So, yeah. I can't believe that before I ever moved to Nashville, I wrote a song that's now on a gold record. So yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, always dream, I always dreamed of that. Yeah. But, like, you dream all the time, man. You never – you dream about it, but you never truly believe that. It's just going to happen. You I know dream what I mean? of you, someone paying me to you know? do this podcast. Yeah, right? But it might happen. <laughs> it will happen. Exactly. There you go. See? It will. <laughs> Love that. Determination, man. That's right. <laughs> oh, me. So, so is, there anybody, is there anybody we need to shout out right there? We're we trying to get somebody. To- man, as I'm, sitting here, <laughs> as I'm sitting here in the room, though, I have to give it the, the – there's been a lot of people that support me, but two guys that really support me a lot since we're talking about it are – Mr. Jesse Strickland, oh uh, yeah, Creek Apparel, and I see your your blue otter polarized sunglasses yep. sitting there. Yep. So Bradley Jordan and yep. uh, Carmen Cofield have yep. uh, supported me a lot. Yep, um, helped me out with some things and all great um, people, man. Love. So I always try to yep. shout out those two brands as yep. much as I can. Yep. So yeah. So anybody, let's just do a plug right now. Go check out Blue Otter. Uh, excuse me. We'll edit that. This is a great <laughs> thing about podcasts. Huh? <laughs> I can talk about the walls if I want to and edit it out. <laughs> anyway, so um, go check out blueotterpolarized.com. And uh, actually, they just came out. I think there's a picture going back to our buddy Luke, the brand-new tortoiseshell uh, Cumberlands. There it is. Brand-new. So they also have some aviators now. Aviators. They do. I did not see that. Where did yeah. the logo go on aviators? I have no idea. How about that? But they do. I wonder if it's like down in the corner, like it might be. 70s style. Could be. <laughs> well, okay, so go check out blueotterpolarized.com <laughs> for some amazing sunglasses. And then for all your apparel needs, go check out kingscreekapparel.com. Got some amazing hats. Um, if you, it, it, you're talking about Ray Fulcher earlier, when he made his Opry debut this past week, he was wearing the new. He was. 615 hat from Kingsbury. He was. Apparel. I was actually very fortunate enough to be able to, to go to that show and 
and uh, go backstage and and talk to talk to Ray before and uh, talk to Ray and Luke. Luke actually gave me so. I feel like we're talking about Luke a lot, but whatever. Um, well, I, you know, it, it's weird because so it comes up a lot in these because I'm talking it does. to. I mean, Riverhouse Makeweight people. You know, he's my buddy. So <laughs> yeah, you know, as 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 is Ray, but go back to kind of my roots. Luke Luke knows that I'm a huge uh, Keith Whitley fan. So for my end of tour gift after playing the, the Don't Tempt Me with a Good Time tour with him. The end of tour gift that he gave me was he bought every um, vinyl record that Keith Whitley has ever sang on, and that was my end of tour gift. So I now ha- own every vinyl record that Keith Whitley's ever sang on, including yeah. uh, when he was with Ralph Stanley and J.D. Crow in the New South and all the bluegrass stuff that he did. So, yeah. What? Yeah. It's crazy, man. I didn't even know that some of those records still existed. Same. I didn't either. I've looked for them forever. But Combs dug them up, man, and found them. So that is a hell of a little yes, present. Yes, it was. It was awesome, and he gave it to me backstage at the Grand Ole Opry that night. So wow, yeah, it was. It was a very cool moment, man. So so let's talk about that because let's be honest. As as your career's taking off, things are starting to happen. You have a cut on a gold record, um, and which I know that the way it works in Nashville, once you get those cuts doors start to open it's just how it works right so it's only human nature for your mind to start going okay well you know maybe some of these other things are a possibility now yeah as you see ray and you see luke on the opry yeah you start to say to yourself you know it's it's only a matter of time well you hope man you You know, know it's like that's i mean you know moving to Nashville there's you know there's a few ultimate goals and I want to say you know having a number one song is huge playing the Grand Ole Opry is like that's definitely up there you know so yeah I mean I could only I could only dream of that you know as of right now I can only dream of it so and so how does that work like do you have to be invited I have no idea I honestly don't know really yeah hmm I honestly don't know. I mean, yeah, that's kind of a mystery. Like, I, well, I mean, I guess to some people, it's, it's not, a mystery to me right now. I think it's a mystery to a lot of people. Maybe next time we talk, I will have played, and I can tell you. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> well, when you're on the Opry, I will come up. We'll find somewhere, and we'll we'll do another interview. There you go. That'd be cool. Hell yeah, dude. I've never been there. Really? Yeah. Man, you're missing out. I'm. I'm telling you. I've, I've, so fun story. We played, uh, and I hope we're not going too long here. Um, as long as you're good I'm enjoying the heck out of this well cool Um, so fun story I I went to the Grand Ole Opry um, when I was I think I was 10 and it was at the Ryman downtown and I got the chance don't let me forget that I'm going to bring up another question but tell your story so um, I was probably 10 got to go to the Grand Ole Opry at the Ryman and there's a little alleyway in between like Tootsie's and the artist entrance to the Ryman. And I took a picture back there when I was 10 years old with Travis Tritt after he had played the Grand Ole Opry. He had come out, and I was – I got there's a picture of me in a cowboy hat. I was 10 with Travis Tritt. And so got the chance to play the Ryman with Luke back in February. And to be able to take a picture of me at 10 years old with Travis Tritt standing in that entrance 
and then I get to walk in that entrance um, 16 years later, man. It's just, it's crazy. Dude, it's that crazy. is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, it's like some weird-ass foreshadowing. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, it's weird, man. So, definitely had to get a picture of, of all that so and capture that moment. So, it was really cool. That is really cool. That yeah. is really cool. Yeah. I'm just... It makes for bad radio, but I'm just like picturing this. Right, like man. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. So now, okay, and explain this to me again, person. I don't live in Nashville. Okay. And I probably should know this, but I don't. So, I know that the opera used to be in the Ryman, the Mother Church, as they say, right? right? Yep. And then now the opera has moved to a different location. Right. So what? You know, because I guess in my head, I'm going, okay, well, the Ryman was where the Opry was, so it would seem to me that when you play the Ryman, that it's still basically the Opry, but it's not now? Like, I don't... It's, it's okay, so... Because I, I know I th- at the so new I one, think, they have the circle. Right, so I the think wood. the best way to put it, and I may be totally wrong on this. I have... I well, have trust me, you're light years ahead of what I know. I have so. no idea, but my impression... Um, is that the Opry, it's it's a radio show. The Grand Ole Opry is a radio show. WSM, right? Yep. Um, so what it is is the Opry show basically, for lack of a better word, rented or, or whatever the Ryman to have their show there when they would have it. Because I, I, the way I take it is the Ryman is a venue just like the signal where we're sitting. Um, the Ryman is a venue and just like me and Aaron Watson are playing the signal tonight. It's like the Grand Ole Opry is playing at the Ryman. Okay. Does that make sense at all? Actually, that really clears up a lot for me. That's, that's my understanding. I honestly don't know if that's right or true, but that's the way that I see it in my head. You know, I don't. Okay. So, so, so basically, and I hope I'm not watering this down for anybody, but. So basically, when you play the Ryman, it's still the same great nostalgic you, place. You play the Mother Church of Country Music. You just don't have the little but WSM mic stands. You don't stands. play the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. Okay. If that makes, hmm. I know it's hard to it's it's honestly well, hard to understand and wrap your head around, but well, that's my ma- understanding. It of makes it. a lot more sense to me now, explained like that. Right. Because you know, when, when you're not talking to an artist who's actually played it, like yourself, right? Sometimes you get. Ten different stories. Right. Well, mine and, and mine may be way wrong. So. Well, I don't, I don't. I don't really. I don't think that it is. I, mean, I don't know how it could be because yeah. that, that makes perfect sense, actually. Huh. All yeah. right. Yeah. So let's <clears throat> let's keep moving on a little bit. I like to I like to go through the the chronological yeah. timeline. Yeah. So we're we're in Nashville. You're writing. Mm-hmm. You got the pub deal. Yep. Right. And now we're or present day, what, or I shouldn't say present day, what was it like when you found out you were going to go on the Don't Tempt Me With A Good Time tour? Because at that point, they had already, the year before that, right, had already been a completely sold out tour, and he decided to extend it. To extend it to the spring. Yeah. And so I was actually out on the road riding with Luke. Um, It was November. Combs? Yep. Okay. I was out on the road riding with Luke Combs, and um, so it was back in November of 2017, and 
I'm sitting there. We're writing a song. It's Luke. It's me and one of our buddies, Dan Isbell. We're writing a song. And um, Luke stands up from the table on the bus, and he says, Drew, I got to tell you something, and you're about to lose your mind. And I'm like, what's wrong? Is, is something Has something happened, you know? And uh, I go, what? And he was like, man, I've been talking to Cappy, which is mine and Luke's manager, and Lynn all day. He said, I've been talking to him all day. And he said, I want to know if you'll if you want to come out with me in the spring and be the first of three act on Don't Tempt Me With A Good Time Tour. And I literally lost it, dude. I was like, are you kidding me? It was like just a month. It was like we just won the Super Bowl. I was like, are you That's kidding crazy, me? That's crazy, dude. Are you kidding me, dude? And so it was a really special moment, man. So, so for him to actually be the person to ask me was, I mean, it was, it was really cool. So That's awesome. So that was in November. So then I um, got hooked up with CAA. Um, so they. That's your booking agency. That's my booking agency. And um, so we got everything set up for the spring of Don't Tempt Me With a Good Time Tour. It ended two weeks ago. Um, yeah. So it was incredible, man. It was everything I could have imagined. And so now here we are tonight. Um, this is my first full band. Um, show with CAA. Um, awesome, so dude. For this weekend run with Aaron Watson, so there's a lot more to come. So you ready? I am. I'm. I am ready, man. And so let. I I, I got ahead of myself because I'm gonna self plug something here. It's all right. I released an EP in February. Um, it come out the Thursday night that we started the Don't Tip Me with a Good Time tour. Yeah. So like February second or something like that or February 1st. Um, so it come out that night, and uh, so it's been good, man. People seem to really enjoy the EP. Um, I hope they do. It's it's songs that I've I've co-written with friends, and um, so, but yeah. I really enjoy it. I have to say, I think uh, Daddy Did is probably my favorite yeah. song. Awesome, man. Yeah. I actually wrote Daddy Did with Charlie Moncaster and uh, Gary Stanton. Of Muscadine oh, really? Bloodline, yeah. Well, how about that shit? So, yeah. So, Didn't shout out that. Gary and Charlie. Yeah. That's right. Come on the pod, boy. Or no. I just totally blew that. I did not write that with Charlie Moncaster. Okay. I wrote it with Gary Stanton <laughs> and Jordan Fletcher. Okay. So I just had Jordan is, Fletcher on the yeah, pod. So, so, but shout out to you, Charlie, too. Love you, buddy. <laughs> I tell you, uh, this is totally random, but he always gets me with those uh, snaps or... Uh, Instagram stories. He always gets the crosses. Yes. In the uh, where is that at? Oh, Gar is it Gardendale, I, Alabama? Somewhere, like yeah, yeah. But they always Gosh. the same place. Yeah. So I guess that's on their way home. It is. I it's mean, like on. It's like on. Uh, it's like on sixty five that goes down through Alabama. I think it's Gardendale, Alabama. But shout out sixty five South. Yep. There you go. Here's another shout out. That's awesome. But yeah. shouting out everybody today. Yeah, there's no nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right, so so what is next for Drew Parker? What you got coming down the pipe? Is there anything you can tell us? Man, just just playing a lot of shows, man. Just shows? just tons of shows this year. Cool. So um, just getting that in the works and just trying to meet fans and and put on a good show and play good music for people, man. So I love meeting fans after the show. So if you're at a, if you're ever at a show. Um, Come come see me at the merch table. I'm always there after the show. So Hell yeah, come man. hang out. 
Cool. Well, and and at that point, everybody go find Drew on all the social networks um, at Drew Parker Plays. I know is your Instagram. That's it. Um, Drew Parker Music on Facebook. Facebook, and my Twitter is also Drew Parker Plays. Drew Parker Plays. Yep. Okay. Cool. So yeah, go check him out. There's always. Uh, and speaking of, I've been looking at this the whole time we're interviewing. So Drew has his laptop open over here. Oh gosh. And he's got a. I mean, uh, it's. You got a really cool thing on your Instagram that I don't think a lot of people are using yet, and I'm just maybe following the wrong people. But at the top of your Instagram, you have all these little uh, stickers. Yeah, they're like highlight stories. Yeah, highlight yeah. stories. Yeah. And uh, Whitley, your dog here, yep. is one of those. He is. <laughs> so uh, if you if you want to see some funny dog, uh, insta, dog. insta stories, go go follow me out and check out Whitley's little highlight reel there. Uh, funny, his name is Whitley. If you can't say, figure can't, out where I got the name from, um, you shouldn't have to think too hard to figure that out. When I when I picked him up, so I proposed to my wife with Whitley. Wow. Yeah. Um, she wanted a dog, and I was like, heck no, not not doing that. But um, when I proposed to her, I proposed to her with Whitley. He had a collar on, and the collar was like, will you marry me? Um, but anyway, when I picked him up, we're – we're riding in the truck and I'm listening to Keith Whitley and he crawls across and lays in my lap. And at that time he didn't have a name. I was going to let my wife name him, you know? And, but when he was laying in my lap and we're listening to Keith Whitley, I was like, I looked down at him. I was like, Whitley. So anyway, it's really really cool. cool. Yeah. So that is really cool. All right. Well, everybody, please go check out Drew. You can find him on uh, iTunes. Just type in Drew Parker. It pulls up his EP. It pulls up uh, the other single. Um, Slow Down Small Town. Slow Down Small yep. Town. Uh, please go buy those. Go check him out on Spotify. Follow him everywhere. Yeah. Uh, putting out amazing music. Thanks, You're going to be on the road a lot. Appreciate so it. So yeah, we'll be, have a chance to see him. Yeah, I'll be posting where I'll be playing at on my Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook, all that good stuff. So Awesome. You'll know where I'm at. Awesome, awesome. Well, Drew. Thank you again for man, joining me. No, thank me you so much, this. man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Awesome.